Welcome to the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. I am your host, Paul. We have just finished week two, so let's run down how these games went and what each team needs to do moving forward. Thursday night, Minnesota played at Philadelphia. Right now, the Vikings have two glaring issues, holding on to the football and rush defense. I'm not going to say that the rush offense is bad because I just think Kevin O'Connell doesn't want to run the football. He would be happy throwing the ball 60 times, and with the way Cousins has looked to start the season, it's not a bad look. With the game coming against the Chargers, the Vikings will have an opportunity to put up big points against a bad defense. And if Eckler misses another week, the Vikings defense can start putting things together against the run. For Philadelphia, this is a really good team, but they aren't playing great. Both sides of the ball haven't seemed to come together yet under two new coordinators, but because of their playmakers, this is still a top-five team. I don't like how much Jalen Hurts is running, as he had 12 carries. I want to see him use his mobility to extend plays and get it to Brown or Smith or Goddard or now DeAndre Swift. Defensively, there are some concerns here as the Eagles almost blew a 20-point lead, a theme which carried over for many NFL teams this weekend, But for a defense as highly touted as the media wants you to believe, they make a lot of mistakes and seem to be boom or bust. I am really interested in watching next week's game against the Buccaneers to see what success Baker Mayfield has against this unit. Green Bay at Atlanta. Green Bay wanted to come into this season and run the football, but has struggled to do so as Aaron Jones missed this game with a leg injury and A.J. Dillon can't carry the load. The pass game was always going to be a work in progress, and while Love has found some of his young receivers for big plays, he has been inconsistent. Defensively, Atlanta almost doubled the Packers' yards, allowing the Falcons to win the time of possession battle. Against New Orleans, the defense will face a more traditional passing offense, so it needs to harass Derek Carr into turnovers. Atlanta believes in its system, and it isn't going to deviate from it. They did throw more than they would have liked, but Ritter didn't make too many bad mistakes, and the run game behind Bajan Robinson was outstanding. Defensively, Atlanta did a nice job of taking some punches before holding Green Bay down and stealing a win. They'll need to play a cleaner game defensively if they want to win against Detroit. San Diego at Tennessee. The Chargers quickly jumped to an 11-point lead which it then quickly gave right back up. Justin Herbert needs help with younger receiving options, but he doesn't do himself any favors by throwing it into double coverage. The Chargers need Eckler back as the run game was non-existent and he helps open up the field for the rest of the offense. Like the Eagles, this Chargers defense will look great, then pedestrian at times. Uncoordinated almost. With a game in Minnesota, the defense can pin their ears back and rush the quarterback and play coverage in the secondary, which is their biggest weakness, even with Derwin James. The Titans look like a well-coached team. That's about the best compliment I can give them. They looked okay in every part of this game. That's about it. Watching this game on both sides of the ball was generally boring, They defend okay, they tackle okay, they run the ball okay, and they pass okay. But they are sound. They don't turn the ball over, and that's going to keep you in a lot of games. Next week, it shouldn't be any different. 
Indianapolis at Houston. It's unfortunate that Anthony Richardson left this game due to a concussion because he looked really comfortable running this offense. It helped that Houston defensive line wasn't putting much pressure, but it is clear that the Colts roster is a lot better than people give it credit. If they can get Jonathan Taylor back and reasonably happy, they are going to make some noise this year. The biggest concern going into Baltimore next week will be if Richardson can play. But the next biggest issue is their pass defense, as C.J. Stroud made plays against this secondary. Speaking of Stroud, he did a great job of remaining poised despite a slow start and being harassed all day. A clear off-season focus should be the line, offense and defense, as both units were pushed around. This is not a very fast defensive team, and they struggle to cover the whole field. Establishing a better run game against the Jaguars will be key in not letting the defensive pin their ears back and pressure Stroud. This is a bottom five unit in talent. Seattle at Detroit. Geno Smith and Seattle bounced back in a huge way, and while Geno wasn't perfect and made some questionable plays, he spread the ball around well and kept everyone involved. The run game seems to be suffering the most without their two tackles, as on their final drive of the fourth quarter, when they needed to run the clock out, they passed four times as one of the plays was called back due to a penalty. What's most concerning is the defense has now given up 30-plus points in back-to-back games. This despite not turning the ball over once. Teams are driving the length of the field at ease against the Seahawks. Can Seattle's defense affect a Carolina team looking to find its own offensive groove? For Detroit, this is the game all Detroit haters will point to when it comes to believing they are overrated. When a team can run the ball more than 20 times a game and catch it downfield, Detroit will struggle because this defense still isn't that good. I still find it concerning that Jameer Gibbs isn't getting as many touches as Craig Reynolds and Gibbs split carries once David Montgomery went down. Jared Goff looks solid, aside from one poor pass, but two turnovers cost the Lions 14 points. Against the Falcons, can the Lions match the physicality of play while maintaining discipline, an area they sometimes get penalized on? Chicago at Tampa Bay. Justin Fields just doesn't have enough around him to progress. A bad offensive line is keeping Fields from really sitting in the pocket and letting plays develop, which also is a problem for Fields as he struggles to read the defense and quickly move off his first read. He can be inaccurate, but when he is on, he is almost unstoppable. Defensively, this is just a bad side of the ball as the secondary struggles to play fundamental football. The only thing keeping them in next week's game will be if the Chiefs continue to drop passes. Tampa Bay won this game, and you don't apologize for wins, but it took a late pick six to seal this one away at home. Baker Mayfield looks comfortable in this offense and is getting the ball to his playmakers. The defense was harassing the Bears O-line all day and made it hard for Fields or any Bear to run up the middle. Against Philadelphia, they will need to continue to develop the run game, but if their defense plugs the run like they did this week, it could make for an interesting game. Las Vegas at Buffalo. I watched this game on NFL Plus, and I thought the Raiders and Jimmy Garoppolo did a good job of moving the offense. There were certainly some vintage Jimmy throws, 
a beautiful touch pass up the sideline to Devontae Adams, and then other vintage Jimmy throws, a behind-the-receiver pass intercepted, and finally the worst Jimmy throw, one in which he gets a player hurt. What is most concerning for the Raiders is how little they force the run, as Jacobs only had nine carries. Defensively, the Raiders couldn't get off the field as they didn't give up the big play, but allowed everything underneath, with the Bills having 74 offensive plays to the Raiders' 39. When Buffalo plays like this, they are hard to defeat. When Josh Allen doesn't force the throw, they are impossible to defeat. Now, Josh did force a throw or two, but it's the Raiders' defense, you know. The Bills' second touchdown on an Allen scramble where he found Khalil Shakir was vintage Josh Allen. The throw was only going to be caught by his receiver. It's also hard to ignore the run game under James Cook, who I am hoping becomes the catalyst to a great season for my own fantasy football outcome. But over 100 and quarter on the ground with 36 receiving will certainly open up the field for the rest of the offense moving forward. Kansas City at Jacksonville. This was an ugly, stupid game to watch. I hated every minute of it. I have no breakdown for this game, only to say neither offense came in wanting to actually play football. Kansas City has the Bears, and it needs to focus on reestablishing its offensive identity. For the Jaguars against the Houston Texans, it's about reestablishing its offensive identity. I hated this game so much. Baltimore at Cincinnati. Division games are always tough, and while this ended up being a close game, these two teams feel headed in different directions. Baltimore moved the ball well on the ground without Dobbins, and Lamar looked in control in the pocket and seems to have a connection with rookie Zay Flowers. The defense has some holes, but has a bend-but-don't-break mentality. Coming up against the Colts, they'll need to pass-protect better if they want Lamar to continue to work in the pocket. Now, Joe Burrow looked better in his second week, but still looks uncomfortable, and after re-aggravating his calf, might miss time, or at the very least, will be a statue in the pocket. But considering how often he has been sacked when he was mobile, it might be safer to make him wait a week. The defense couldn't stop anything, allowing 26 first downs and only forced two punts. If they can't shore up the defense, the Rams are going to nickel and dime them out of the stadium. New York Giants at Arizona. The first six quarters of the NFL season, the Giants looked like the worst team in football. Then remembered they were playing the worst team in football and stormed back by gaining 363 of their 439 yards in the second half. Losing Saquon Barkley for an extended period could cripple this offense as his ability to run and catch makes him a matchup nightmare. The defense allowed scoring drives on five of the Cardinals' first six possessions before clamping down and only allowing 48 yards on Arizona's final four drives. Against the 49ers, they have to score points early, dictate the flow of the game, and force Brock Purdy into turnovers. I love how you could clearly see where the coaching staff cared and then dialed it back. I actually don't know if it's that clear, but this coaching staff is doing something special. Even in losing efforts, in both the ways they get the lead and then lose the lead. Next week against Dallas, I think you're going to get a similar first-half effort, followed by a similar second-half effort. This team doesn't want to win games, but they do want to be competitive. That's how you see who you want to re-sign for next season. San Francisco at Los Angeles. San Francisco looked a little slow, unlike the previous week. 
Brock Purdy missed some big shots down the field, and generally they weren't really close. But the offense that didn't feel as dynamic this week still put up 30 points. The defense struggled to get to Stafford or generate a pass rush at all, also struggled against the run, but made the adjustments at halftime to bend but not break against the Rams and wait out Matt Stafford, as he is always good for an interception or two against the 49ers, which he delivered on. The 49ers have a short week, playing the Giants on Thursday night. Getting Elijah Mitchell involved in the run game should be a priority, as he had zero touches in this game and only five on the season. Matt Stafford looks good, though. The offensive line and play calling are helping keep him from getting hit, as they are relying on the run game and short to intermediate routes. Defensively, the Rams have holes, and competent offenses are going to take advantage of them. Next week, they will be facing a competent offense, but possibly without their quarterback. The Bengals are struggling, so it's up to the Rams' offense to put pressure on their defense. New York Jets at Dallas. It was nice while it lasted for the Jets. Zach Wilson played a great defense, but looked like a third-string QB rather than one who is tasked with leading the Jets to the playoffs. I do think Robert Sala's job is safe as long as Rodgers returns, but this is going to be an ugly season as the Jets' defense will likely burn themselves out trying to compensate for a bad offense. Against New England, they will need to establish the run game and limit Wilson's throwing opportunities. Micah Parsons is already the frontrunner for Defensive Player of the Year, and I just don't see him giving it up. Two weeks doesn't make a champion, but he is focused and driven. The offense moved well against a good but tired defense and capitalized and kept pressure on the Jets all night. At no point did this feel like the Jets had an opportunity to win. Next week, against Arizona, don't get cute, continue to play sound football. Washington at Denver. Eric Bieniemy doesn't care who his quarterback is. He's going to run his offense as if he has Patrick Mahomes, as they ran 36 pass plays and only eight running plays in the first half. This includes plays negated by penalties and two-point conversion attempts. Sam Howell will never be confused for Patrick Mahomes, but he is running the offense with poise and unafraid to take shots when they present themselves. The defense started slow, but began to impose their will in the second quarter after getting down 21-3, sacking Russell Wilson seven times and forcing a couple of turnovers. Against Buffalo, the Commanders will need to start quicker on both sides of the ball, as it also allowed Arizona in Week 1 to jump out to an early lead. Denver didn't need to pay Mike McGlinchey $87 million to be a turnstile at the right tackle position. In a game in which it had a big early lead, you're just asking for trouble if you don't kill some time off the clock and run the football as Mike McGlinchey is a far superior run blocker than he is a pass blocker. Wilson was sacked six times after Denver established a 21-3 lead. Sean Payton doesn't know how to coach and protect his players. I doubt Payton even knows who is on his offensive line. What doesn't help is this once-proud defense couldn't hold a 21-3 lead and quickly gave it up on Washington's next three possessions. Denver is a better team than it was last year from a scoring perspective, but they will still struggle to win games. Against Miami, they need a crisper and complete Russell Wilson, who had a nice first quarter, but fell apart once the pressure became an issue. Miami at New England. This game wasn't as close as the score indicated, as the Miami offense was able to move the ball effectively on the ground and take their shots in the air when they wanted. 
Tua wasn't great but good, and the defense did enough to get out with a win. We do get used to a Waddle Hill show, so this game was a bit underwhelming, but it's nice to see Miami can win games in this fashion. Against Denver, former Denver head coach Vic Fangio will likely make this personal, so it's important for the defense to remain sound and disciplined against Russell Wilson. If Mac Jones is to be effective, the Patriots need to have a better run game, which at present they don't. Jones completed a high percentage of throws, but no throw went for longer than 14 yards. When you can't spread the field, it's easy to defend a 20-yard area. Once again, Bill Belichick has put together a good secondary in defense, but it is getting wasted because of the offense. This team isn't playing complementary football. Against the Jets, they'll have an opportunity to put their offense in good field position as they should make life hell for Zach Wilson. New Orleans at Carolina. I'm still not sold on the New Orleans defense, but it has put up two solid efforts in two weeks, so at the very least, they are a sound unit. What isn't sound is Derek Carr, who looked awful through the first three quarters before having a nice couple of drives to ice the game. Can the Saints and Carr generate enough of an offense to compete against the Packers' defense that has holes in it? Carolina is a work in progress. Bryce Young has struggled the most of the three rookie QBs through the first two weeks. He struggled to find open receivers as the run game couldn't open anything all night. This is an old offense with a young QB, and matching those energies will be challenging. Through two weeks, it's tough to know if the Panthers' defense is good or if they've played one-dimensional offenses. As they travel to Seattle, we'll see how they do against a better balanced offense and if their own offense can move the ball against a leaky defense. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Cleveland took a major blow as they lost Nick Chubb to a season-ending injury. But backup Jerome Ford came in and picked up right where Chubb left off. Cleveland's QB still doesn't look comfortable, as was directly responsible for a pick six and a strip sack, fumble six. The Browns' defense continues to harass the quarterback, and while Joe Burrow was perhaps gimpy, Pickett just looks like he has regressed. For the Browns to win against Tennessee, they can't have these devastating turnovers. Right now, the only hope Steelers fans have is that Kenny Pickett has faced the two best defenses in the NFL, and that's why the offense has looked inept, because he looks overwhelmed and terrible. Even when he gets time to throw the football, it is off target or off time as the Pittsburgh defense outscored their own offense in this game 14-12. The defense also has some things it needs to clean up specifically in the run game. But when they get you into third and long, they're going to make you pay. Against the Raiders, I want to see the offense establish an offense as they only generated 19 points in the first two weeks. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Winner's Guide to Losing Football Bets. Stay tuned for our next episode where we cover our week three spreads and picks. Be safe. <laughs>